Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Jenny Helmendaller, and today we are joined by our campus dietitian, Stephanie May. How are you today, Stephanie? I am great. Thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. It was such a blast last time. Yeah, yeah. No, we had such a fun time last time. Um, so yeah, you are our campus dietitian, so students can come to you for nutritional information. Um, so do you want to say a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I have been William and Mary. This is my fourth year. Um, and so I am a great resource for any student. If you have a meal plan, you can schedule an appointment with me anytime. Uh, you could just send me an email or if you see me in the dining hall and you want to ask a quick question, you can always do that too. Yeah. And so today we are talking about dieting during the holidays. Um, that Yeah, the holidays are almost upon us. And I know it's such a common thing that people always say that they want to keep healthy or they want to do a new diet in the new year. So what is it that Americans usually end up doing around the holiday? Yeah, so a lot of times what I see kind of trending around the holidays, a lot of Americans will just kind of say, I'm going to fix it in the new year, or I'm going to start over in the new year. And I feel like, you know, from my point of view, dieting is never a productive um, system. I've heard over and over again from clients, students, people I've worked with over the years that it's just, you know, it works temporarily, but it's something where in the end, they either end up unhappy, stressed, or um, putting on um, more weight than they originally started with. And from kind of doing a little bit of my own research, I've heard the term crash dieting. What is that? Oh, yeah, the dreaded crash diet. So that, you know, it could it can mean so many different things. But in short, it's really when someone, you know, has a weight goal in mind and is doing everything that they can in a very short period of time to get to that weight or get to that goal or whatever it may be. And honestly, it never has a positive outcome on your health overall when you're heavily restricting or cutting things out or over-exercising to get into that quote unquote ideal shape that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And what are some of those diets that people commonly adopt that may not necessarily be the most ideal? I know I've heard just restrictive diets um, and just cutting one specific thing out. Yeah. Yeah. There is so honestly to, to name a couple would, would just not do the diet industry any justice. There are just so many different diets out there. I feel like every holiday season in particular, you'll see new things, um, new celebrities endorsing different diets or supplements or different ways of eating or timing. There's just so many different things that fall under that crash or fad diet. Um, category, but I think some of the most dangerous are really the restrictive ones that come from restricting your energy. Um, anytime you dip below that ideal calorie limit or energy balance, you really put your body at risk. You start impacting your brain, your bone health, your muscles, your heart, your lungs, you know, those things that truly keep you alive and keep you moving. Um, and when you restrict them of energy, they have to slow down, they have to shut down and they start, you know, not being as productive as they could be. So it's really important that, you know, when that term crash diet or fad diet, anytime you know, someone is looking at a diet, we want to make sure that it's sustainable um, and it's not restrictive and it's not stressful because if those are, are terms that come up or things that you think about when you're starting a new diet, then run for the hills, probably not a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know I always hear about those. Um, yeah, as you said, the celebrity endorsements of certain diets, like, oh, this is the 
Kylie Jenner diet. And I know I hear of all the ones that are restrictive, like, oh, we're not going to eat any carbs. We're not going to eat any of this, any of that. Um, this is like a little bit off topic, but I, I was wondering too, I know that you are a dietitian, but I also hear of other people with nutritional information, such as nutritionists or registered nutritionists. Can you tell me the difference between those? Yes. And I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, you know, I think it's a, it's really important distinction. So, uh, a nutritionist can be someone who goes and gets a two week certificate or reads a book online, or you can get certified in nutrition almost anywhere. And it doesn't make them an expert in the area. And oftentimes nutritionists share a very restrictive pattern of eating that specifically works for them. And then, so they pass it on to their quote clients and those sorts of things. And so it's really important that when you're looking to make nutrition changes, you're reaching out to a registered dietitian. And so registered dietitians, what we have to do is we have a very um, very intensive training. So we have undergraduates, we have to have master degrees, we have to do clinical internships, um, which are well over a year. And so, and then after that, we have to sit for a board exam and then have continuing continuous education, um, every year to make sure that we're staying current on research. And we're not just recommending what's trendy, but we're also recommending what's safest for clients. So there is a significant difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist. However, dietitian is a very hard word to say sometimes. So a registered dietitian will often be referred to as a nutritionist or sometimes on even their own websites, they'll call themselves registered dietitian nutritionists. I think one thing that you, you really want to do is make sure that they have that RD or RDN credential um, at the after their name or even asking them to verify that credential or you know going online at eatright.org and looking up a registered dietitian in your area is really the best way to make sure you're getting the the most current up-to-date and safest nutrition information mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah definitely a huge difference there um so yeah something else i've seen just looking around on my own is the word diet in of itself i think a lot of people sort of misconstrue what diet means um so is there really can diet be used in different ways yeah it definitely can diet can diet is is quite literally just the way you eat. Right. And so throughout the day, it's, it's, it's consuming food, the timing of food. It's really the way you eat where we well, the dietitians that are as a profession, we see diet as the way you eat, but most people think of diet as something where they have that health goal in mind or that weight loss goal in mind. And so diets in themselves are typically um, a little bit restrictive. They may eliminate foods and we get back into that. Really what most people think of a diet is really that crash diet or that fad diet. Um, but when true, truly comes down to it, a diet is just the way you eat. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the big question here. How can a dieting mindset be unhealthy as opposed to what you were talking about lifestyle changes and just what you eat on a day-to-day -day basis? Sure. So I see food falling into to several different buckets, right? Food is fuel. First and foremost, it keeps your metabolism going. It keeps your muscles strong, your bones healthy. Um, so food is fuel, but it's also fun and it's social and it's emotional. There's so many connections that come with food and, you know, you may want to celebrate something with family or connect with friends over dinner and, and really socialize or in the college experience, you know, eating is such a social 
social thing. It's where you make friends, make connections that could last a lifetime. And so, you know, food is so social, it's very, very emotional. And so when it comes to those unhealthy mindsets, if you are restricting foods or maybe it's pizza or, you know, something different. And all of a sudden your friends are saying, Hey, let's go grab a bite of, of pizza or grab a slice of pizza on like a Friday or whatever. And you're not going because you think that is a stereotypical quote unquote bad food. Now you're isolating. Right. And so I think one thing when it comes to, to dieting is you want to make sure that, or when it comes to a diet or a way of eating that you're not restricting things that are going to one, you know, eliminate that social and emotional part of food, because I think it's important to have that connection with people and socialization, but you also want to be fueled as well. And so thinking about things and going back to the pizza example, Yes, pizza is, you know, it's a great food. It definitely can fuel you, but it's also a fun food and can bring more social and positive emotional experiences in your life. And so I think it's just, you know, having that positive mindset and truly eliminating the good versus the bad mentality when it comes to food. And that's just so relevant right now because like we're going into the holidays and there's so much good food, so many good people and so many opportunities to make better decisions about what we eat. And there are a lot of temptations that I think, I don't know if people necessarily always end up avoiding them, but um, that's definitely a thought that I think is in people's minds, especially heading into the new year. So how can these kinds of unhealthy eating habits that you mentioned, just the restrictive diets and the uh, sacrificing things that you want to do in order to be quote unquote healthy, how can that snowball into some more harmful consequences? Yeah, the pattern that I see most often, um, especially on campus is, is just starting by, oh, I'm going to watch what I eat and, or I'm going to, and that snowballs to, oh, I'm going to count calories. And a lot of times these, these calorie counting apps, they give you a recommendation that's often very low. Um, and so what happens is you start tracking calories and all of a sudden they give you alerts or red flags or the big no, when you go overboard and now you're saying, oh gosh, I can't go over. So I'm going to go under by a couple hundred. And then every day that kind of snowballs into where now you're really under fueling and impacting your mental health, your physical health. Um, and so that's the, typically the trend I see on campus. And I don't recommend calorie tracking. Uh, to anyone just because it is stressful, it is time consuming, and the inaccuracies are so great. You know, if you think about, um, you know, how things are cooked, if you are cooking things um, in um, a pan versus, uh, you know, maybe sauteing them with some oil, things will change based on how they're cooked. Also, you know, foods in, in where they are are different too. If you think about the, the best example I can think of is a banana, right? A, a banana that's a little bit more green is going to have more fiber, and where it's, if it's more yellow and brown spotted, it's going to have more carbohydrates that are great fuel for your body. And so that same banana is going to be a little bit different, uh, depending on where it is and it's kind of a cycle of, of growth. And so really thinking about, you know, how can you make small changes from day to day versus tracking calories and being more restrictive and creating those harmful, um, mindsets. Right. And it is important to realize that, I mean, we, are not nutritionists nor dietitians usually. So putting all of the stress and the responsibility of knowing exactly what we're eating all the time and knowing what is best for us, it's often, you know, not really helpful because we don't. So we talked about earlier as well, um, the media and how different celebrities will endorse diets that are not necessarily healthy. So how does the media and misinformation 
specifically contribute to the big diet craze that occurs, especially around the holidays? Right. You know, celebrities, they're so well known and we all want to be like them. And, and really even influencers online, right? So many of them, you know, they make it their priority to, to be the fittest, to be the most in shape. But what we forget is a couple of things. One, Photoshop is, is everywhere. Um, a lot of influencers now are even exposing themselves looking back years ago in their, in their photos and what they posted. And they're saying like, that's nowhere near what I actually look like. And they show you how they Photoshopped everything to make them look better, um, and to sell a product or to sell a lifestyle that they were living. Um, and it's the same thing with, with, you know, celebrities, a lot of times we want to be like them. We want to look like them, but we forget that they have chefs, they have dietitians, they have personal trainers, they have time uh, to really one, make those changes. But a lot of times, you know, you're thinking about the surgeries they've had too that make that body shape unrealistic, but they present it as just a simple lifestyle change or just a simple diet that they followed. And so I think it's really important to, you know, not just see what they look like, but to really dive deep into what did they actually do to get there? Um, are they being truthful? Because a lot of times they're not. Mm-hmm. And just personally, I know I have fallen into, you know, scrolling around on Instagram and there are the reels and the TikToks of these nutrition accounts. And it's this whole community on social media, which I have stumbled across. And I find it entertaining as someone who I think, I don't know, I'd like to say I'm a little bit more informed, but they advertise themselves as being healthy or following a certain diet. In reality, they're, you know, like slathering cream cheese onto some random vegetable and just calling it healthy, which like, you know, if you want to have that, then absolutely that's your prerogative. However, a lot of them will just advertise as being healthy or being the be all end all of health when in reality, it's just, there's so much more than that. So it's really easy to kind of fall into a rabbit hole of misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and one thing I recommend is, you know, from a, from a consumer perspective, right. From, from you or me, if we're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok and we're, we see accounts that make us feel either self-conscious about ourselves or a little bit negative, unfollow them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is no need to bring that into your life. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, when I work with them one-on-one, -on -one, I'm like, let's, especially if there's some body image, um, you know, things we're trying to work through or negative diet thoughts we're trying to work through, you know, I challenge them unfollow five people today. If you're scrolling through and you see like, oh gosh, this person is just not making me feel empowered and, and good about myself. You don't need that in your life. Unfollow yeah. them. You know, there's no need to, to bring that negativity in. Yeah. And there's also, um, even just through the explore page there, there's the, um, what's it called? Like see less posts like this. I think that's yes. an option you can press. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, it's, good social media can be good if you want to have certain goals or inspiration that's always great and it's really useful however if it is impacting you in a negative way then absolutely press that see less post like this button unfollow that yes. person because the only person you can really compare yourself to is yourself right yes so as you're going through this process of adopting a healthy diet or deciding that you want to live a more healthy lifestyle what are some signs that you might be falling into a more negative dietary mindset? 
Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about this a lot already, but if you find yourself completely eliminating entire food groups or food types, you know, that's a big sign. But then going back to, you know, food is fuel, food is social, food is emotional. If you find yourself isolating a little bit more, um, you're not going to dinner with friends as much, or you're not just spontaneously going to grab um, something fun to eat, or if foods all of a sudden become a little bit stressful, you feel a little bit guilty around what you're eating or even the timing of when you're eating. Um, I think that's a good sign that it's time to reevaluate how you're fueling your body. You know, it's time to reach out for maybe some assistance. Maybe you message me, maybe you check in with a counseling center. You know, there's so many fabulous resources just within the William and Mary community who can help you work through those thoughts and those negative dietary mindsets. Mm -hmm. And if those are the negative things, what is something that we could do to maybe adopt a positive mindset toward nutrition and dieting? Yeah. So I think first and foremost is just be consistent, right? Give your body the fuel that it needs throughout the day. And so, so many students will ask me like, is it, should I eat three meals a day or seven and in the seven mini meals. And the truth is it it truly is going to be whatever works best for you. So maybe you do a big breakfast and then a bunch of mini snacks throughout the day, and then you have a dinner, right? And that's fine. But when we talk about those snacks, like those snacks, aren't just granola bars throughout the day, you know, maybe it's a different snack where you're having half a turkey sandwich uh, at 10 and the other half at uh, 1130 or noon, and then, you know, an apple and peanut butter a little bit later. So they're more significant snacks. We're not just, you know, having granola bars throughout the day. And so I think when it comes to creating that positive mindset, it's really honoring your hunger cues, um, listening to your body. And I like to say you're being consistently flexible, Mm -hmm. right? So you're being consistent with giving your body fuel throughout the day, honoring your hunger cues. When you're full, you're full. When you're hungry, you're going to grab something, but you're going to be flexible in what you're choosing. You want to make sure that, you know, on the fly, you can go grab something fun with a friend, or you can go and grab a burger or something really exciting and fun, because I think that's a big part of, of fueling. And so when it comes to that positive mindset, you want to be consistent and give your body fuel, but you want to be a little bit flexible in what you're grabbing too. Yeah. And you said the term hunger cues. So I personally feel like I am always eating throughout the day. So sometimes I don't really know what it feels like when I am hungry. So what exactly are hunger cues? How do we recognize those? Yeah. So hunger cues are really, it's your body chatting with you, right? What should you eat uh, when you eat it? It's really your body saying, Hey, like something's coming in. So you may feel um, a little bit of, you know, when you're really, really hungry on the other end, you may feel shakiness or a headache. Um, But the beginning rumblings of, of a hunger cue is really um, your stomach starts gurgling, right? All of a sudden you're thinking about food and a couple of minutes ago, you weren't. And so really, you know, everyone's body communicates with them a little bit differently. So if you're someone, like you said, you're snacking throughout the day, you may not always hit that full hunger, but you're still snacking and giving your body that fuel. And that's what works best for you. Or some people, you know, they might say, oh gosh, I'm in the middle of studying, but now my, you know, my stomach has started acting up. I need to get some fuel and really just tapping into how does your body specifically communicate with you? And food is just such, you know, a, a social experience. It just helps you in every way. So just definitely honoring those hunger cues is important. Yeah. So as we move into the holidays and the new year, do you have any specific dietary tips? Yes. I think some specific to holidays is, um, you know, don't 
save your calories for that big meal. It's so much more important to make sure that you're having, you know, especially with Thanksgiving, you know, coming up and then the holidays and all that thinking about, you know, don't just save everything for that big dinner or that big kind of after lunch dinner, uh, timeframe, make sure you're having something for breakfast, have a little bit of lunch. So you're not really starving throughout the day. Um, that is really the key. I think the second piece of it is enjoy it. These are the times when you make memories with family and friends, you know, if you know, your aunt Marie's cheesecake is something you've been looking forward to enjoy that, right. Enjoy that memory, um, create, you know, new excitement that you can carry with you when you get back to school. So you're charged and ready to go to, to finish out the semester. So I think when it comes to the holidays, again, you're being consistent, you're feeling your body throughout the day, but you're being flexible with what you're choosing. And you're truly enjoying these foods because these are things where, you know, one day is not going to throw off your entire year. Um, so just keeping that into perspective and remembering that these are the times when you're going to make new memories. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is the bottom line is eat that food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, there's no need for, for rules and, and guidelines because I think that's something we definitely fall into a lot is you'll hear someone say, whether it be a right registered dietitian or someone online, like an influencer say something, and then people will like kind of ride or die completely in black and white, you know, that, that mindset, that rule. But I think there's definitely some gray area and, and having fun and being more flexible is, is a part of that gray area. Mm-hmm. Definitely listen to your body. And even though this is a time to eat, um, and hang out with people and have a good time. It's also a good time to make peace with your body and your physical well-being and all of that good stuff. So it is a time to eat, but if someone does want to make a change, which is, it can be a good thing if you're trying to make it a lifestyle change rather than a temporary diet, what is one kind of easy thing people could do right now to just maybe form an easier or a, a better diet? Yeah, I think one key thing, especially with us being so busy and you guys finishing up midterms and, and, you know, getting into finals, have a little bit of a plan. And that doesn't mean, you know, planning everything you're going to eat, but making sure that you're giving yourself a time to fuel and take a brain break. Um, I've had this conversation a lot over the past few weeks with with students who may be skipping meals because they're studying or they've got tests and they just are really focused. And it's important. I think one thing you could do today right now this week is give yourself some time to fuel. So give yourself at least 20 minutes to sit down and, and have a good meal. And because it's so important to not only fuel your brain and your body, but also give your brain that chance to relax so that when you do get back to studying or get back to writing that paper, you're more charged and ready to go. And your brain is more focused. And we talked about earlier people going to you or um, elsewhere for reliable nutrition information. So where specifically can people find you or maybe other websites online that are actually reliable? Sure. Yeah. So I definitely recommend checking out the dining website. You can find my contact information on there and a lot of good nutrition tips, but also the entire dining team's information is up there too. So if you're at commons and you have a question or you're at Sadler or marketplace and you've got a question, you can look up who the manager or who the executive chef is at that location. You can get an answer really quickly just by kind of asking for that specific person and just asking whatever you need. Um, that's a great way to get some, you know, get your food questions answered or nutrition question answered. If it's something relatively simple, or you can always just send me an email, but another fantastic source is um, eatright.org. And that's kind of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics hub. Um, And it's a great way to um, look up nutrition information, find great resources for seasonal eating or healthy nutrition tips, but also you can search to find a registered dietitian within your area, which is really important. Um, so if you want to make sure you're working with a registered dietitian and not just someone who's a certified nutritionist, going to eatright.org is a great place to start. Information is out there. 
Yeah. So thank you so much. Do you have anything else you would like to say? No, I think this is just such a, an important topic and something where, you know, if you feel like you are struggling even just a little bit with any of these topics, I highly recommend reaching out to me or the counseling center, um, just to really have that conversation to make sure you're heading in the right direction. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much and hope you enjoy your holiday break. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You too. All right. Thank you to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Eric Garrison, Lindsay Heck, Colin Cross, Ben Heath, Daria Moody, and myself, Jenny Helmendaller. 